The Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape Podcast with me, Martin Saunders. And with me, Rachel Gardner. And uh, every week, every week we do this. We do. Every week you get a bit of a bit of chat Mm -hmm. and then and then an important and serious interview. Which is always excellent. Mm-hmm. Always, always excellent. Excellent. especially this week. Yeah, excellent. And uh, and then probably at the end, you're left feeling challenged, inspired, and wondering if you could have spent that hour better. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I I repeat the hour. I listen to it again. I know you do. So I not only I love it take part, but I also receive super fan. Rachel Gardner. <laughs> I am a super fan of yours, Martin. Love it. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to do this again. Do you but I've got a little introductory story oh, oh. from my from my past. Oh this my is, days! As, I, as I've got into elder years, it's great. We just sit back and get a rug on your knee, and I, we just we just listen. I've become a poor quality raconteur. No, you don't. It's not poor quality. It's gorgeous. And um, and I was thinking about there was a picture of me on shared on Facebook, which a lot of people. Who, who know me, enjoyed very much. And it was me, as a 15-year-old boy, uh, involved in a street drama. Where is this? I've not seen this picture. I will get... A I, beloved listener needs to be sent a hard will, copy of this in a frame. If, do you know what I'll do? Oh, I will do. release it to our patrons. You'll release it? Oh, patrons, so, I'm so, so sorry. So if you're a Patreon yes, person... Okay. Well, you can get a copy of this very embarrassing photo. And what is the stuff? If that's not worth a dollar a month, I know what is? So you're in a you're you're mid Christian drama. So are we talking clasping the hamster to your chest? No. Are we resisting the temptation? Clasping the hamster. I mean, I want to know what what is your position? Oh, yeah, hands going up. What is this? Um, I mean, clasping the hamster sounds like a very <laughs> very worrying is euphemism. This, this is nineties Christian drama. It was worrying. It was. So of course there was. I was not all in black. Actually. <laughs> I was not all in black. Uh, no, I was. I was in the street. I was in New Malden High Street. Have you uh-huh. been to New Malden? Oh, I think I probably have. Lovely place. Yeah. And I was in New Malden High Street, uh, and uh, we'd erected one of those little uh, banner things behind your head. You know those. You know those little staging things you'd put up. Did you yeah. ever? There's like a pole at either end. Oh yes. It's okay. Like a, yeah. a portable curtain. Yeah. Okay. Thing. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. And in front of it, we would do these drama things. And there's, I think there's a ca- at least one character with her back to us and then another person. The girl standing next to me was a, was a person of regular height. Oh. But because I was so little and so diminutive, although quite round, mm. I, um, I look hilarious in this photograph. Uh, and I, I, think, I want to think I was playing the part of a geek in an anorak, but hand on heart, I just that just may have been what I was wearing. So uh, anyway, I shall circulate the photograph. Um, but it reminded me of, of how that came about. And so what happened in about 1995? I was a new new Christian, maybe 1994. New Christian, and a uh, American lady came to our church, and she was a um, a dry street drama specialist, and she gathered a group of us from the youth. And she taught us some very embarrassing drama songs. And they weren't like Christian drama songs. They were just like, come ye, come ye, come and listen to the, to oh, the tale. Oh, like, I use a bard. Of, like, yeah, yes, like, exactly, lovely. exactly. She taught us these songs. And then we went and did street drama with her. And we did a workshop. We did a mm-hmm. week of workshops. And, um, and we, we actually were in, invited to create our own Christian drama. 
And then we would use that evangelistically on the streets of New Malden and Kingston-upon-Thames. And so I remember the two times I did it, um, on, in the high street in New Malden, where you wait for a crowd to gather, but apart from a few people from our church, There's no crowd ever around. gathered. Yeah. And then, then we did something which now I would say was not just high risk, but entirely bonkers. We went down, if anyone's ever been to Kingston-upon-Thames, there's some lovely pubs by the River Thames. And, uh, and those pubs get quite rowdy on a Friday night. <laughs> and on Friday night, Sitting ducks. this American lady decided to take a van full of <laughs> earnest Christian teenagers. Who'd been indoors for a week doing workshops. And our portable oh. curtain. Oh, and my anorak. Oh. Down to the, to the riverside. Lord forgive us. And, and we did... Uh, the street dramas that we, with very little, very little basic theological understanding, had conceived. And we did these dramas in front of, in front of the assembled, rowdy <laughs> pub-goers at nine o'clock on a Friday evening in Kingston-upon-Thames. I can tell you, it was carnage. There were new words that I'd never heard. There was beer thrown over us. There was there was shouting and oh, hollering, dear. and it oh, was. Oh, I've just been shown the photo. Oh no! You look like you're standing about ten steps below. <laughs> so that there, oh, do you know what? Oh, I, she's having to really. Look as you, you can imagine, that I had a quite enormous crush on the girl in that photograph, uh, who is, by the looks of things, three and a half feet tall. Yes, yeah, she is. She, she was, is. as I said, she was normal height. <laughs> But I was not, so we will get that. We will get you that. You look very sincere. I mean, you are, and you've got binoculars right on there. I was playing a geek. Oh my goodness! Can you see that? And she, she's, she's looking at the ground. Yeah. In a sort of pretending I'm not there. Yes. And, and then there's two people with their backs turned. They are, yeah, there's definite Christian drama going on. And then behind here, there's some people waiting, aren't there, to come and? That is amazing. Right, tell us what happened. Who got saved? Yeah. What's the punchline? So well. <laughs> It's not really it's not really a punchline as i look at it like 25 years on yeah. i think what on earth were we thinking do you want us to find this woman in america and just i i don't really no i don't want to go and visit her and Ooh. thank her for the input she, she had in my christian life <laughs> i think basically what happened there i don't know if you can find if you can find some redemption here oh. but essentially we got humiliated uh we got shouted at mm. no one showed the yeah. slightest bit of interest in what we were doing and I left there pretty certain that uh, Christian street drama and possibly evangelism mm. were, were a lost cause mm. um, but what, what was good was that we as young people were given the lead and the empowerment now mm. there's probably something there to say about the wrong kind of, of empowerment for mm. young people mm. you, it, you don't really want to empower young people to throw themselves under the bus <laughs> And that is what happened to me in 1994. It's such a fine line, because I can't think of an isolated story like that. I, I can never think of good stories like you can. But I did have similar experiences like that. And I, I do look back and think, I wish, I wish they hadn't happened. But there is something about, as a teenager, feeling that you're in this sort of tight tribe that no one else understands like, like you spend every day at school feeling that so you might as well on the weekend or on your school holidays actually really throw yourself into that and mm. really make yourself mm. part of a group that nobody wants to hang out with like it and i don't think we see that quite as much anymore no, <laughs> that might be a good thing 
might be a good thing. So, uh, yes. this is us all the way into today's podcast oh, guest. Yes. Oh, yes, she's a good one. So, uh, I've just interviewed uh, the wonderful Christina Bailey, mm. who is the Dyson Youth I've met her. Officer. I've met her at some Of course you have, you've met everyone. Yeah. You've met everyone. She's lovely. Especially everyone in Ireland. Yes. And uh, she's the DYO of Conodiasis. Uh, and uh, she's been involved, among other things, in leading on a project which has empowered young people mm. in a much better way. Good. And so she's going to tell us all about it. You set the bar anymore. very low, didn't yeah. you? It's so. definitely better <laughs> than the new Malden <laughs> Street driver. You've escaped your podcast. Whoa. Uh, right, my guest today on the Youthscape podcast is Christina Bailey. Uh, she is the diocese and youth officer in uh, the Diocese of Connor, which is in Northern Ireland. Uh, hello, by the by, the magic of the internet, you are here, right? Yes, I am, Martin. Hiya. Look at that. And uh, tell us where, for those that don't know, what, what does Connor Diocese cover? Yeah, so we um, are in Northern Ireland um, and kind of that top northeastern part. Um, so we cover the beautiful north coast. Um, if anyone's ever been over to the Giants Causeway, it is that's beautiful. in my area. It is very um, beautiful. And yeah, and and yeah. and like spectacular, and then, isn't it? Absolutely spectacular. People may not know. I, don't, I know you don't work for the <laughs> tourist board, but it is yeah. absolutely spectacular. Yeah, while we're here, like it's stunning um, and really worth a visit if you haven't been. Um, so yeah, so we're up the north coast and then down parts of Belfast and down past Lisburn as well. So um, for us in Ireland and the Church of Ireland, it's quite a big geographical area um, with around 78 parishes. Okay, so that is uh, significant. And, and is a parish a church or do you have multiple churches in a parish? How does that work? Yeah, multiple churches in a parish. Ah, so, so, so it's a pretty significant area. And you have to advise all those churches on on youth, just you. Yeah, that's the idea anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what's the sort of picture like uh, in, in your corner of, of Northern Ireland? Um, what, what is the picture like in terms of the numbers of churches there that would be doing some work with young people, do you think? Yeah, it's the majority who are doing um, some youth work. Um, there's some really excellent um, parish um, youth ministries happening in our area. Um, we ha- would have a couple um, of employed youth workers, um, but mainly it's volunteers, it's parents, it's people who care about young people. Um, it's quite a rural area generally, so we have parts of it in Belfast where it's quite inner city, but actually the majority of the diocese i go to groups and they are more interested in tractors and farming um than maybe something that i think is more cutting edge but um it makes for really interesting conversations because actually the young people are from really different contexts um i know you had jim from you think on the podcast recently and so um there's there is that element of a lot of the young people in our diocese are um still living in light of the troubles and that northern irish context as well Mm. um probably more in the inner city than the rural areas Mm. but it's true for both so um uh, if i mean i know you're you're speaking to me from belfast uh we'll we'll talk about where i am in in a bit um but um uh, but sort of if a lot of the 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 churches are based in rural areas what does what does youth work look like 
for young people who are more interested in you know tractors and farming and a career you know that that, that probably keeps them uh, within a stone's throw of where they grew up what does what does youth work look like there as opposed to in the in the city mm, i think i think it looks more long term which actually is a real gift um and the opportunity to encourage people within local parishes to think of it that way and say, mm. actually, probably a lot of the things that you have done or already do within a parish context is about encouraging the children and the young people within your church family to continue in the faith. Um, and so I think equipping them, giving them a bit of confidence to say, actually, what I do isn't necessarily hugely different um, from what's happening in those rural parishes. Mm, mm. Um, we want to see young people come to know Jesus mm. and um, encouraging um, individuals to see actually um, we are a, a rural um, country parish. We have small numbers of children and young people, but we know them all well. Mm. We love them well. We see them throughout the week and we encourage them. We have conversations with them. Um, and sometimes actually that's more difficult in um, the more inner city or, or more, more urban places um, to have that longevity. I um, I was walking past a group of uh, teenagers from the local sixth form college um, this morning and there's probably 2,000 uh, teenagers between the ages of 16 and 18 in my area. Um, and wow. and and I I know an absolute handful of those young people. Um, mm. You know there are there, there, there's a there's a thousand young people just at that college alone, um, and I I don't know any young people who go to that sixth form college. And so for for in my context, which is just a suburban context, I it's impossible for me to know even a you know even a a, a minority really of the young people. Whereas if you're in a rural area. I guess you can get to know young people, you know, not just the ones that are involved in the church, but but you can get get to know all the young people locally. Totally. And I grew up in that context um, in a little place called Isla McGee. And so actually my experience of church was I knew the people in their 40s, but I also knew the people in their 90s. I mm. knew that they prayed for me, that they cared how I did in school, that they asked me questions. And so my discipling experience was one where it was truly intergenerational. Mm. Which is, must be a massive positive of of a rural context, of, of, of feeling much more like you, you can understand your world because it's, it's smaller and more manageable, isn't it? Um, what are some of the sort of negatives and, and, the, and, and the drawbacks of, of doing ministry in a, in a rural context? Yeah, I think sometimes it's it's connectedness. So actually for us, being able to bring groups of young people together throughout the year um, and say that you're not alone in this, um, having diocesan events where um, we're getting small groups of young people coming together to join in something that is a high quality youth event mm. um, and saying, actually be encouraged by this young people. Yeah. Um, for those youth leaders, actually being able to encourage them and say, you're doing something that is really important, even though it only looks like the few that turn up um, week to week. Um, and so I think those are challenges on the, on the dark Sunday nights where you don't yeah. want to leave your house. <laughs> um, but actually, you know, it's 
worth it when you're coming away. Um, and I think for me, having been a youth volunteer for several years, it's that understanding of actually it doesn't have to look like the big thing um, going on in the city. Mm. It can look really small to still be special. Yes. Yeah. And then those those moments like Summer Madness, which I, I was at Summer Madness last uh, summer. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I suppose those moments when you then are able to get together and see, oh, wow, there's like there's hundreds and hundreds of other teenagers like me who are going to church, giving this faith thing a go. You know, that's also really important, isn't it? Totally. And I think for us being able to engage in that and encourage our smaller groups to come to say, you know, bring a car of young people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, once you get into the big tent at a festival or you see a big event for those young people to have that experience, it's it's always something special. Yeah. And uh, so so we, we just mentioned Summer Madness. Um, before we started recording, yeah. I, I showed you the uh, the office that I'm <laughs> recording in today. Um, yeah. I, I'm actually sitting uh, at the the desk of my children's worker at church. <laughs> And uh, and it's I think we've mentioned this on the on the podcast before, but it, there is an actual, as I've just shown you, an actual shrine to Rachel Gardner here, which is it is something something else. I don't, I'm not sure that's how you described it, Christina. <laughs> what was the what was the word? A bit creepy. Creepy. That was the word you used. <laughs> Let's be honest. And uh, yeah, so there's a little, there's a creepy little shrine here that Charles, the children's worker, has uh, has erected. And uh, and so I um uh, yeah I was going to say like in in Northern Ireland uh, particularly yeah. Rachel is uh, is seen as a, 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 an important figure she's much yeah. loved isn't she and and uh, you know I think that that she perhaps can be chased across fields in uh, in certain areas of of Northern Ireland at certain times of the year by young people wanting autographs are you you know you're a big fan of the gardener. Oh, yes, I am. I feel like so she came to speak last year um, at Summer Madness as well. And um, I think had on a jacket, a leather jacket with tassels coming down she from does, the arms. She does do the um, tassels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's someone I work with who just knows her from that jacket. Wow. Um, but actually, apart from that, um, she, yeah is is well known and well followed for sure she's touched so many lives and uh, mainly mainly through her fashion choices it would be fair to say <laughs> sort of the primary element of her ministry so, uh, so yeah i just mentioned that that's the, the 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 first interesting thing about the desk i'm sitting at the other one is that charles the children's worker has a a, a sound machine on his desk and i'm gonna i'm gonna see whether i can use some of these sounds at appropriate moments wow. so can you I don't know if you can hear this. Let's just see if you can hear this. This is this is a round of applause. Did that, that still going? Yeah. Did that come across okay? Yeah, it does. Uh, it, this is. Hang on, got spring. You get that? Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think this is? Uh, let's try this one. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what you think. I'm not going to make you say it. You seem like a nice person. Um, what's this one? Hang on, hang on. I feel like a laughing cry. Yeah, that is a, that's a laughing noise. There we go. What's this one? Oh, 
That's a bomb it's of some really sort. Bomb. Yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it was a fork, but I've turned it around and it was a some sort of bomb. Uh, and there's <laughs> this one. Now I'm. I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know if this makes a great for a great podcast, to be honest with you. But I, I you know, I saw something, I grabbed it, um, and uh, the, you know, this is this is children's ministry in a in a box. So, um, so if at some point during the conversation I feel like one of these noises is warranted, I yeah. I may just throw it in. But we'll I'll see. be prepared. We'll see. So, um, so th- thank you for, for bearing with me. Uh, the, um, the reason we're actually chatting today is because you've been involved in the production of an innovative new resource. And, yeah. uh, and, and we wanted to get you on to talk about it. So why don't you just outline um, wh- what it is and, uh, a- and what it is uh, all about and how it, how it came about. And just to give you by way of intro, um, just to warm you up, here's a, here's a crowd noise. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have created a resource called Journey. Um, it is a small group discipleship resource that's written entirely by young people for young people. Um, and as far as we know, it's the, the first of its kind, mm. um, which is always exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically 13 young people who um, aged 15 to 19 have, have come together to write it. Um, so we formed a group called Connor Youth Forum um, hmm. in 2016, and they had this idea um, at the end of 2017. We started writing it in January 2018 and launched it in November 2018. Um, so really, it is a kind of standard youth ministry resource. Hmm. Um, there's six sessions to it. Each session kind of includes prayer testimony, challenge, Bible passage, teaching. Um, but the joy of going um, through it with those young people and writing it with them um, has really been something special for me. Hmm. So so I think probably the most interesting thing about this is the the way it, it was sort of put together. So so how did you how did you actually sit down with a group of 13 young people? And and how did you get from a blank sheet of paper to a finished resource? Yeah, so we um, had been meeting with that group, um, I'd said over a year or two, and they had run an event and they'd spoken to our kind of decision making um, diocesan council um, within the diocese. And it was that, well, what's the next opportunity? What's the next thing? Mm. Um, and one of the young people said, well, we could we could write a leaflet um and to me it was the well of course you could of course you could write a leaflet um and so encouraging them to dream a bit bigger um ended up with this idea of a, a discipleship resource mm. um written by them for other young people so, so yeah we gathered them they wrote together they they named it they they came up with the format um and so I guess for me, just gathering them regularly, encouraging them, prompting them has been key. Wow. And and so the, you've ended up with them kind of, uh, do, do you feel like they've um, actually thought about what they would want to do, what they would want to uh, do in their in, in youth work? Or, or is there a sense of, you know, sometimes young people, the challenge is that they, um, uh, 
they they know what they they think we want them to say and what answers they they think we want to give so you know there's a danger that can happen so so which do you think it is yeah i think they were very mindful and we were kind of consistent in that narrative of please write how um you speak and how you share with other young people and your peers um and even getting them to imagine other young people within their own youth groups and say okay well there's a 13 year old or a 12 year old in your group imagine them reading what you're going to write um and trying to encourage them from that position of leadership of actually how do you want to encourage those younger teenagers um as well as your peers and to grow in their faith and to develop um i think when i got through um as they were sending me the drafts of it i just was so pleased because i wouldn't have written it the way that they've written it um and i think that's the joy when i look back at it and say actually this is the words of young people that's uh that, um, that is a good sign things that i would have yeah <laughs> Um, and even just little turns of phrase or um, little ways to say things um, and being able to identify actually that is how that young people young person would speak to your friends um, it's not a leader trying to break something down mm. for them it is it is genuine how, how tempting was it to uh, you know sort of make some changes cut some things, you know, how, how much did you have to sit on your hands during the editing process? I think, and even in the development, I think there was points where I was very, um, I guess, determined about my role in it. Um, I wanted it to be led by them. Mm. And so there's moments of, of kind of encouraging them, maybe to dream a bit bigger, mm. um, but also to say, this is yours. Um, And so that, that kind of the difference between encouraging, but not directing definitely is a hard line to walk. Mm. Um, But I think the group of young people that we had and encouraging them to, to develop and to speak out what they thought um, was, was really a great opportunity for them as well, that they would know that I'm not going to, um, yeah weigh in um with exactly what i thought Mm. um but as well if they asked me for my opinion i would encourage the bits i loved um that they had already brought forward um so yeah i think it's a it's a hard one when we're looking at participation and and Mm. young people how we prepare them and support them well for the opportunities that we give them but without directing them to do the things that we think they should do yeah and and it looks great so you've had uh you know it's it's been all sort of properly graphically designed and produced as a as a book how how first of all how do the young people who were involved in creating the thing what's it done for them to actually Mm. you know at their age be involved in the production of a high quality resource so i i it's been a huge um it's been a huge joy and actually once we we had the resource and had the graphic design um there was always a great buzz when we met mm. um but to me it's that ethos of actually if we invest financially um in young people if we prove that what they are doing is worth something mm. um 
then it means they're going to see that value and how much um, we respond to them. It's um, Even with Soil Youth Institute, their principle within um, the Growing Young book of if we financially invest in our young people or our children's ministries, well, that's going to show where our value sits. Mm. So for us to employ a graphic designer, have the young people advise within that process, um, I think was a weird experience for the graphic designer. But um, Chris did an excellent job in having 13 young people around the table um, and being able to allow them to feedback on fonts and colours and pictures um, really was an opportunity that some of them look back and say, well, that that's something that's normally reserved for adults or for employed people. Um, that sounds a bit like, um, are you familiar with The Apprentice? Do you ever watch The Apprentice? <laughs> yeah. You know when they have the, um, these sort of, I mean, obviously they're no hopers, these guys, but uh, whereas your teenagers <laughs> sound excellent. But you know when they have the sort of crowd of, of, of guys in the in the office with the with the professional graphic designer trying to design a new deodorant can or something and they're absolutely, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you see these designers. I imagine it being like that, but obviously much, much better. Much better. Much than better. That. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but I think getting to see their their personalities and their choices come through. Um, one of the young people, Matthew, would you know do a bit of design in, in his free time, and to see him be able to speak into a professional graphic designer and say, actually, this is this is more. Could you do could you do this slightly differently? Um, and that being taken on, and then what is actually produced was great. Um, and so, but yeah, I think. Sorry. So, so, so now um, you've obviously tried. You've you've kind of piloted this resource with people. So you've actually, um, you know, had some people run the sessions. Is that right? And actually, sort of give you some feedback yeah. on 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 what it's like to now take this resource that's been created by young people, and uh, and run it with more young people. So, what's the feedback been? Yeah, so we have groups um, who are running it in, in really different contexts across the diocese. So for some, it is a youth fellowship um, and just their their content. Um, for some, it's kind of a Sunday morning um, Bible class or, or Sunday school context. Um, and for others, actually, it's part of a confirmation preparation stage. Okay. Um, so I think the joy has been seeing those groups who have been connected in the process Mm. um, use the authors to lead their sessions. Mm. Um, So we've actually had those young people who have written maybe their testimony and part of a session come and then lead it with another bunch of young people. Um, So that has been really special and enjoyable. And I think then the young people who have written it knew the layout they knew what they were aiming for mm. and so that's actually been really effective in um making it work for grips um and having that reach across the diocese as well um but i think yeah the feedback the feedback has been really positive and i think that's that's great because when we put things out there as as professionals um Actually, we're looking to be constructive and and critical as well. Um, But for me in this, even through the process, it was already a win. Mm. So actually how how the resource gets used, I I don't really mind as much. (laughs) 
because I got to lead a bunch of young people through this process of writing and owning their faith. And that has been the biggest win that I could ever dream of. And so um, I think my expectations over how the resource gets used have, have probably um, yeah, sat within that, that mindset of, this has already been a win. That's brilliant. Um, through giving them this opportunity, and and I guess there's a there's a couple of interesting um, things from a from an innovation kind of perspective, um, thinking about this. So so first of all, using young people uh, and and getting young people to be involved in innovation is a really interesting principle in terms of any anyone looking to develop a resource anyone looking to write a curriculum or, um, you know, or create anything for young people. Um, the idea of doing it with young people rather than for or at young people is, is really mm. profound, I think. And you're, you're sort of proof positive that, that there's great benefit in that. The other interesting thing is, um, is, is, is I wonder whether there's also a principle here for, um, for a lot of youth groups to actually think about involving their young people more in, um, developing and even writing their own program and their own their own materials for use in their in their churches and groups and for some some churches won't have young people that are going to be at the stage where they can write stuff but what a great opportunity for a young emerging leader if you have somebody in your church who you know is 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 developing and actually you want to find a practical way for them to be involved in in leading it's a great way of empowering young people to to involve them in the development of the materials you're going to be using Totally, and I think it's given me great opportunities to shout their worth. Um, I I look through the book and I I see each of them and the roles that they've played, not just in being able to write about their faith or um, make a comment on a Bible passage, but also those specific giftings in leading a launch event, um, choosing merchandise, um, being able to see and empathize with other young people as to what's going to be important. Um, But I, I definitely would encourage any, um, any church, any youth work context um, to really bring it on as an aspect of what they're doing. Mm. Um, We're, we're continuing to create resources and we're seeking young people's input into it. Um, But actually the difference of it being a youth led experience um actually there's there's such a difference between the two mm. um and for this group now they've they've written this resource but they're thinking about what's next um and actually this is where i have to hold my tongue again and say i i don't get to decide what's next huh. um i i want to guide them in that um and i want to get excited about those different opportunities mm. um but I, I'd love to see it work in, in local churches. I think for for me within a diocesan role, um, sometimes it's easier to gather young people from different churches um, and, and send them back to their churches enthused about a project or an opportunity um, or even just their faith and who God is. Mm. Um, but I'd, I'd also love to see that start within individual churches mm. um, and and even on a level of well what are the spaces or the opportunities that are normally reserved for experienced leaders or for adults that we could allow young people to step into 
Yeah. And and I know a lot of people are already doing this. Yeah. Um, but I think that opportunity to dream a bit bigger in that regard and say, okay, well, if we put investment in this, um, if it was beyond those normal church opportunities that we give, what could that look like? Now, I have been rubbish at using the sound effect machine. So uh, for the last couple of questions, <laughs> I'm going to try and find appropriate sound effects. Now, hold on. Uh, right, here's one. Okay, can hey. can people buy the resource? So not at the minute. <laughs> um, hang on, hang on, hang on, we... hang on. There we go. Oh, fair. Carry on. Um, we um, have initially kind of, we provided a, a, a lot of the resources um, to be free across our diocese, um, but we're exploring all the different options to make it available beyond us. Mm. Um, and I guess if people are interested or think this is the kind of thing that they would want to use if it was more widely available, I'd love for people to, to contact me or um, to look us up. Um, because I think we're still trying to gauge that, whether it's just for us, and that's great, um, or whether it might be able to be used a bit more widely. How do people get hold of you, Christina? Um, so they can look up um, Connor Diocese or engage Connor Yes on Facebook. Great. I was worried you were going to give your email address. I always worry when people <laughs> give out their email addresses that um, they're going to start getting spam. Um, yeah, on our behalf signed up for weird fan clubs you oh know? my goodness my email address <laughs> my email address is on the youthscape website and honestly the nonsense i get sent as a result <laughs> of just trying to be helpful it's outrageous <laughs> right okay uh one more question hang on that didn't really do what i thought it was going to do um <laughs> i'm going to throw this away right final question I don't know if that gimmick's worked at all. Um, I, um, I, I guess the next question is what what's next for you? And you've obviously said you, you've asked the young people to guide that a little bit. But is there another project or another phase of development for this journey? Yeah, I, th I think that's been the hard thing for us of, is does this group of young people you know, do journey too. There was a lot of talk about that. Um, but actually, I think it's going to be something completely different. Um, so we met um, kind of to start talking about that last week. Um, and it's really enjoyable getting to sit with a bunch of young people and say, what's the next idea? Um, and so we, yeah, have started that process. There's some really crazy, exciting, inventive um, new ideas and there's some great ideas that have probably been done but not been done by, by young people yeah. um, and so I guess just looking at well, what's next for them as a group um, and where we can encourage them to get to but yeah to keep dream, dreaming big as well. Wonderful. Well, uh, it's a really exciting project. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk about it and, and also particularly about how you uh, developed it. But we will we will keep an eye on it. And uh, and as you say, Connor Diocese, uh, is it Engage Connor Diocese on, um, on Facebook? Engage Connor, yes, on Facebook. Engage yeah. Connor Youth. That's right. Yeah. Um, and people can look you up there. But Christina, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Martin. It's the Youthscape Podcast. That's a great interview and I love it when she talks about how her job is to make sure that young people get their hands on stuff 
that normally is reserved for adults mm-hmm. or employed people. It's such a fine line, isn't it, Martin? Because I remember when, when I, the very first job I had and I said to the young people, let's paint the community centre. And we did such an awful job and we we chose the colours black and purple and, and it made the community really hate the young people. So it completely <laughs> backfired. But, but somehow doing it, so they really are participating and they really are involved, but they're also being upskilled and they're also accessing every aspect of decision-making but also what comes out the end isn't just going to work for this one little group that actually mm. has the ability to communicate wider because that's always a challenge isn't it yeah how absolutely. do you make sure your resources are really excellent and young people participate in them yeah because young people have an expectation that yes. actually what they're then going to be asked Give to it. consume yeah. is is of quality. good quality mm. and so it's about helping mm. young people to participate not you know um uh, a completely given free reign. Yes. Um, and uh, I rather unfairly used the example in the interview of apprentice candidates when they're gathered together with the with the graphic designer on a task, and they have to kind of give them their ideas, and the graphic designer sort of rolls his eyes. It's obviously qu- not quite like that mm, with this, mm. um, because they've 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 used the best of the graphic designer, and they've obviously had some brilliant ideas from the young people. The thing to say, which I can now say with all honesty, now we're not. Christina's not here mm. is that it's really good mm. it's really good quality and um, how this kind of came about this interview came about is that she sent it to the Youthscape offices and, and said oh we've we kind of heard you talk about innovation mm. this is our uh, stab at, at doing oh, it with young people and so uh, and actually I was like oh this is this is it's way good. beyond yeah. my expectations when I read your letter of what this thing would mm. be it's really really mm. good and so, um, so maybe that's slightly patronising on me to say that. I don't know, but um, I didn't expect something mm. that was that had young people right at the heart of it and at to, every level yeah, of decision making to, be, to yeah. be of such professional quality. So, yeah. um, so well done them. And actually, it's a good it's a good pushback to all of us as well. That yet again we're coming back to not setting our young people up to fail. So your dear, lovely American lady wasn't oh, yeah. wanting to set you up to fail, but actually, unfortunately, because she hadn't done the cultural context piece, she hadn't really thought about putting a 14-year-old in front of a pub. You know, actually, you guys were set up to fail, and we do that when we don't prep young people to do notices or preaching. And so mm. we kind of almost say, we can't really expect very much from our young people, so mm. we'll mm. just get them to kind of say a couple of little bits, and then we'll do the proper work. Whereas actually, yeah. if we worked a bit harder and help them you know, really develop their ideas, really work out what they want to say, then actually when they're up the front, yeah. actually we do them the service of saying, you're going to be your best self up there. Yes. If, if it all goes peaked on, that's fine, doesn't yeah. matter. But let's not just pretend that because they've done the first little part of the preach and they've done a joke and yes. we bring the meaty stuff yes. that we've co-preached. We've not co-preached. Absolutely. We've made them look a bit stupid, actually. Yeah, and like, right. That's my bug there. I like get really a gimmick. cross about that. Like yeah. a gimmick. I get really cross but about that. if you are going to empower a young person to do something, you yeah. really have to give them support. And that's what Christina and the team have done. Yeah. Is they put a lot of energy yeah. and a lot of effort into these young people, this small group of young people. Um I know I've referred to this example before, but um, you came and spoke, Rachel, at our church uh, yes. kind carol of youth service. carol service yeah, yeah. that we that we that we ran. And what was a bit of a surprise to me not not a surprise, but like something that I had hadn't really factored in was how much input the young people would yeah. want yeah. if you asked them to do quite a significant role. So mm. we had these girls who we just asked to amazing. to do a bit of hosting. Yeah. And they were like, fine, that's great, but we want to meet several times yeah. to talk about this yes. because this is huge for us. We're going to stand up in front of 
like all of our friends that we've invited mm. and all the guys from church and we're going to stand up and we're going to host and we're going to be expected to step into an adult role mm. for which most of the adults we normally see doing this have had significant training mm. and we've got to go before Rachel Gardner who's <laughs> our hero well Charles's heroine at least <laughs> And, and they were, um, they were you amazing. know, they were amazing. But actually, I okay. I take for granted the fact that I, I was just going to give them a script and they were going to get up there. Of course mm. they can't. Mm. Like, that's not empowerment. Mm. You idiot, Saunders. Mm. That's okay, we, that's just, that. we just waited for that. We all felt the way to that. You are not an idiot, Saunders. No, I was then. So, so are we going to be able to get hold of this resource then? We can get hold no. of the journey. No, you oh. can't. No, oh. no. They're they're working on a second version. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. No, that you got. I don't think you can get the first mm. edition, but they're going to work on some more stuff. But mm. in many ways, you know, uh, part of the value was in the resource that was uh, produced for. It's a little bit like going on mission, isn't mm. it? Some of the some of the values in the resource yes. that was produced. I'd imagine the greatest value will be for those thirteen teenagers yeah. who went on the journey of thinking through how they would communicate their yeah, faith yeah. to others and therefore really thought through what their yeah. faith means. So fantastic. I think it's a fantastic resource and Absolutely. a great way of doing it. And Absolutely. I think over the, the next few years, we're going to see much more uh, youth-led innovation. Mm. Let me just say that mm. now. Uh, I think um, I think there will be a move towards young people, uh, young entrepreneurs in, in the context of faith. Oh, good. We need them. We need them, don't we? That is absolutely amazing. So what? how will we as youth workers need to adapt how we work? How do we prepare for that then? What's your... If you could give one thing to each one of us listening mm. today as we look to this future... Because I'm sure everybody listening is like, yes, yes, I really want that. But also thinking, oh, the young people I would serve, hmm, that'd be interesting. Mm. <laughs> like, how, to, mm. how do we create the space they can do that and... and you know, so so what could be one thing well, that we need to upskill on? I think if we are going to sit and ask our young people to embrace creativity and uh, you know idea generation mm. and entrepreneurship, then we need to read up on that stuff ourselves. Yeah. We need to understand that stuff ourselves. So I would come to the National Youth Ministry Weekend. Super, love it. I would check out the uh, the innovation section on the brand new Youthscape mm. website, which oh, may or good. may not have launched as we speak. <laughs> And, uh, and I think probably, uh, yeah, trying to do some of that thinking yourself, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, know we, I know we bang on about, and I obviously bang on about innovation, um, but I'm not the only person doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's lots of people who are saying, we need new ideas, we need new ways of thinking. If we're going to ask young people to start thinking those ways, then we need to start thinking that way too. Love it. Brilliant. Thank you. That was a wonderful, wonderful interview. So let's do our little shout out, shall we? Oh, yeah. So we've got our list. I will do the two guys and you'll do the two girls this time. So Ben Doggett, we think you're amazing. Rory O'Halloran, we think you're based in Northern Ireland. Why do we think that? uh, Because producer Rachel told us he was. Because she told us and she knows all things. So Rory... Hello, and then he's always very nice as well. By the rule, Rory always encourages us oh. on the social media. Oh, on the on the social media, on the twitters, and then also Angela Tuff. Yes, not spelt T O U G H, as mentioned in a previous episode. T O U G H, but T U F F. Like, I don't, what is that? What is a tough? No, a tuft is like a little piece of something, but tough. Yeah, but she's not Angela Tuft. No, she's not Angela Tuff. Good tough. Good name. What is it? Like, like to rhyme with fluff or stuff. Oh yeah, I prefer fluff. Yeah, as you can tell, uh, and also Christine Blair. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello to you, 
and uh, all your many years of service as a youth worker. We mm. salute you. We and do love salute you. you. We do salute so, you. So uh, that's it for another Youthscape podcast. There's two chocolate biscuits left, Martin. Do you want one of them? I do. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Does that give you permission to have the other it one? It does. And that was the right again, thing. Woo-hoo. Producer Rachel is not allowed to use her mouth. Youthscape podcast is free and it always will be free, but you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash youthscape. I'm going to do the weird radio thing now, just so you're, just so you're aware. I'll, I'll do that weird <laughs> thing where I suddenly, uh, you know, introduce yeah. you, even though we've been talking for the last couple of minutes. That's fine. Cool.